Hi everybody, this is Ben. Welcome back to Ben's Week in Medical School. Sharing knowledge about the human body and giving you glimpses into life in medical school. Please remember that this podcast is for your entertainment and education and is not professional medical advice. Also, the views in the podcast are my own and do not represent my medical school or any other organizations I'm affiliated with. So this is episode 9, and we've just wrapped up week 12 of medical school. That's my first quarter in the books. So I thought I would bring a stat into the mix. It's 2,800, which is the number of flashcards that I am currently studying. And the topics range from um, prior course prior coursework that I did to um, Spanish vocabulary that I'm trying to learn. And I threw in some geography into the mix because I wanted to uh, make sure that I can name all the countries on the globe. It's still a work in progress. So far, I would have to say that I'm really happy with the education that I'm getting here at school. It's been just an amazing blend of this scientific, rational, logical type of learning with something that's much more personal. This is kind of what I signed up for, um, was being able to work on the chemistry level and then also in the biology, but then also be able to connect with people in the day-to-day practice of medicine. This week is our last week before we start to study for our summative test. And it's unofficially bugs and drugs week because we are studying extra topics that aren't purely genetics, but that do kind of help just set the stage for some of the other classes that are coming up. So we're studying some viruses and bacteria, and then some of the drugs that are used to combat those, the antiretroviral drugs specifically. It's also interesting because two big viruses that are important right now are SARS-CoV-2 and influenza. So I have a little bit of material about influenza. And then for the drugs side of it, we also talked a lot about ethanol, which is just alcohol. We studied a little bit about how the body processes alcohol. So I want to talk about that too. So every year, I think everyone knows there's a new vaccine for the flu that comes out. And a lot of people don't like to take the vaccine. Um, And some of the reasons are they've heard that it's not very effective and that uh, it could cause the flu. Well, those are both myths, really. Uh, In fact, I was reading about the effectiveness of the flu vaccine and Even if the flu vaccine was only 20% effective, meaning only two out of 10 people that got the vaccine uh, had protection against that year's flus, um, it could save uh, 21 million people in America from getting flu infection and stop 130,000 hospitalizations and prevent 62,000 deaths. And that's only if 43% of the entire country got the vaccine. So imagine that a 20% effective vaccine would save 62,000 lives. That's, that's pretty amazing. So I guess that's just a plug to go out and get the flu vaccine. I'm really happy that everybody that I uh, have been talking to has had that on their priorities too. So we started talking about drugs and in this case, mostly pharmaceutical drugs and how our body processes them. And then ultimately a big question is gonna be, how fast do we get rid of the drug and how long will it stay active in our body? And most drugs actually, we have a half lifetime for how long the drug sticks around. So after an hour, half of the Tylenol that you took will be gone from your body. After two hours, 
um, you'll only have a quarter of it left. After three hours, you only have an eighth of it left. So it goes in half-lives. One of the things that does not go in a half-life is alcohol. Alcohol has what's called zero-order kinetics, which means that your body can really only metabolize or get rid of an ounce of pure alcohol, pure ethanol, every hour. So if you drink faster than that amount, you're going to get progressively more symptoms of alcohol intoxication. So what it, what it means is that even when you drink just one beer, your body's alcohol processing is pretty much pegged to the max. And so it's going to, it's going as fast as it can to start to clear that alcohol from your system. Uh, and so the max that you can ever clear is one ounce in an hour and not an ounce of beer, but you know, uh, an ounce of pure alcohol. So that would be about as much as is in a whole beer. So I got another question in email and, and I thought this was really an interesting, interesting question. It says, I work with machines all day that break down. I have to figure out why they're broken and I have to figure out how to fix them. The body monitors itself and fixes itself, which is nothing short of miraculous. And it happens every single day right in front of our faces. But how does it actually work? You could describe it as a DNA process, but that doesn't explain it. Um, I think that's a great question. Um, in history, we've had this idea that there's like a perfect ideal that bodies are all sort of striving to be like. But in fact, that's not really what's happening in the body. Um, I think a better way to think about it is your body is like that whole factory that you work in that has workers like you that are going around and looking for things that aren't working right and they have a specific skill set for how to fix them. It's better to think of the body as like a small city with lots of workers that, um, that have their own jobs that they know how to do and with blood vessels and transportation systems that take you from place to place. And even inside of a single cell, there are also city-like features um, because there's actually transportation within a cell, things that move proteins um, from the inside to the outside of the cell so that it can be passed on. Um, and there's, um, there's sort of guards that go around and look for malformed proteins in, inside of the cell. Um, those could be thought of as like trash collectors. So, and so ultimately the, the cell and then the body are made up of, of specific little, little actors that all have relatively simple jobs to do. But when you add them all together, they make for this really amazing orchestration that creates the body as we know it. So I hope that's kind of a different way of looking at it. I guess the last thing I wanted to mention was another email that I got that kind of someone asked whether they thought it was a good idea to go to the gym, uh, given that the gym has these really proactive um, social distancing rules and sanitization policies. And I advocated avoiding the gym at this point. Um, so some of the things I'm thinking about are that we're definitely in the middle of a third wave of COVID-19 outbreak in the country. So in the U.S., we've just passed our record that we set in July for the number of cases in a single day. And then the other thing is that we now know that the that um, the SARS-CoV-2 virus can spread by aerosols, which means that once you exhale the virus, it doesn't just fall right to the ground like water, but actually floats around in the air and won't be filtered out by like fans or just normal circulation. So any enclosed space with people is kind of dangerous in my mind. 
and I don't even know if the six foot rule really deals adequately with these floating aerosol particles. And on Wednesday last week, the CDC widened its definition of close contact. So it used to be 15 minutes consecutively in close proximity to someone. But now they're saying 15 minutes over two days would be considered a close contact. So that means, I don't know, popping in to visit with your boss for a few minutes um, every couple hours on two separate, on two days in a row. Um, so that's, that's really a much wider definition of what close contact means. So at this point, I think we just need to fight virus fatigue and social distancing fatigue. And I think that we're still kind of at the halfway point of our effort to get past the virus in America. Well, that's all I got for today. Um, I'm really looking forward to next week. We're going to wrap up genetics. Um, if you have any questions, please feel free to email me at B-R-O-O-T at fastmail.com. And thanks again to David Funkhauser for making our intro and outro music. Take care, everybody, and have a great week. <laughs>